Hello, and you are listening to FP Cast, the podcast for fruitless pursuits where we bullshit about the week or couple of weeks in pop culture. I am Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about. Television. Yeah, the Butler Wars were a real thing that we uh, got to see go mm. down, didn't we? Yeah, I feel like a very uh, a Butler War expert, or whatever, like a page of the backstairs, or some such. Yes, yes, yes. Finally, we went downtown to Downton. Yeah, which is my most anticipated movie of the year, and one of my favourite things about the Downton Abbey marketing, in that a year in which Infinity War and... The last movie of this Star Wars trilogy is coming out in. Its posters proudly proclaimed itself to be the movie event of the year. Yeah, that's balls. Fuck yeah, Downton. That's... Fuck yeah. That's Britain remembering, like, where they came from. Yeah. You know? Like, Britain the colonizer. Yeah. Britain it's like we, the we big could brass have, balls. Yes, yeah, we could have won. We, yeah. could have, we could have won the, the War of Independence, but we just chose not to. That's a big dick with the Union Jack painted on it. Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. The Julian Fellows is waving around yeah. in the faces of old people across the globe. But gently. Yeah. Very gently. He's very gentle about the dick waving, but it's inevitable. It's, you know, undeniable. If it gets on your face, uh, they will provide a napkin. Yeah. So, uh, actually, with, I mean, the movie event of the year and this podcast being A, our first one after a couple of weeks, and yeah. B, talking about the movie event of the year, yeah. why do you not sound more enthusiastic and excited? Because I'm still dying. Still sick. Basically. This has been a rough thing. Until you get this surgery, this yeah. is the, the status quo, unfortunately. Yeah, basically, unfortunately, until uh, until I get surgery, I'm going to be feeling miserable most of the time. Yeah. Which is Which is really... I've got to be honest, it actually has made me have a lot more... Perspective? Uh, sort of. Like, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are have chronic illnesses. Yeah. And I'm, mine... I'm chronically charismatic. Mm, um, mine, I, I have a light at the end of the tunnel, I can have surgery, and then I'll feel better after that. And so many of them do not have that option. And uh, it's made me much more empathetic yeah. towards them. Uh, it's also made me far less tolerant of a lot of uh, nonsense that I would have just, you know, gone along with previously. Uh, it's eroded your sense of fun. It has, it has. Because, you know, if I'm going to leave the house, if I'm going to leave the couch, the thing getting me out of the house had better be pretty fucking good. So, the last couple of weeks, I went to the Hugh Jackman live show. Okay, yeah, That great. was worth leaving the Excellent. house for. It was Excellent. Now, is it true? Does he live up to the title of being the greatest showman? He. It was very. Yeah. He's close. Yeah, he's pretty close. Can you think of a greater one? I can't. Well, there you go. I know. I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's been hard to even just watch movies and stuff at home to catch up on because if they're not gripping me, kind of in the first twenty minutes or so, it's like no. Okay, I'm a I bit nervous no. for bad boy, uh, good boys. Well, you probably should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we are, we're reviewing a few movies. Uh, me, 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 we're reviewing a few me, movies uh, this week to me, catch me, up me. on stuff. We're not going to worry about news because all news is old news now. And unless we've got a specific like hot take, 
yeah. on the news. It's really not worth uh, bringing up. But mm. we are going to review stuff and uh, talk about stuff in general. We're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to review Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. We're going to review Good Boys, which we just uh, came out of. And uh, we're going to review It Chapter 2, which I saw in Midsummer, which I also saw. So two uh, horror movies as we get closer to Halloween that uh, you were not willing to see. Yeah. Because they were too spoopy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, life's too short, man. Well, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. So, uh, and also wanted to talk about a video game, if that's not too unorthodox. Because uh, one of my most anticipated video games of the year dropped on the Switch on Friday. Yeah. And I've been... Uh, I, I played it. I completed it. 100 percented uh, this bad boy. And uh, I really am hoping that there will be more in the future. And I am, of course, talking about... There's a few people there that are going... Link's Awakening, but now I'm talking about Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. It's been out for, like, a while on PC, hasn't it? I don't think so. I think it came out on Friday. Really? Because I've seen gameplay footage of this, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they showed stuff ages ago. Yeah. Back when it was Untitled Goose Game, and then it still became Untitled Goose Game. But, the yeah, the release was the... the, the uh, okay. Uh, Friday. Oh, okay. And I bought it. And I played it. Now, if you're not familiar with this game, this is a game, the tagline is, it's a beautiful day in the village and you are a horrible goose. You get to play a quite um, realistically animated goose who goes around a British village and causes havoc. You've got a dedicated honk button. You can steal things. And uh, you have to complete series of missions like um, sneak into the pub, steal a pint glass and throw it into the canal. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that there's a full Goose Game. Because, you know, it's a $20 game and it, I completed it in a couple of hours. Mm. But uh, I would love to see, like, a Goose Game world tour, maybe, mm-hmm. where you went through famous cities and caused havoc. I'd, I'd like to... Uh, I'm just thinking, like, what you can do as a goose with a sushi train, for example. Or uh, a goose in a theme park running amok in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, in space. And it makes me think that probably the best idea that came out of um, the heavily influenced by everything else uh, Ready Player One mm. is the idea of a unified video game world. Mm-hmm. When you think there's all these assets out there and you just go, wouldn't it be great if I could play the goose in GTA? Mm-hmm. Like GTA 5, I'm strutting around, I'm the goose. You've been playing a Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 again. Yeah. I wouldn't mind joining you if I could be the goose in a cowboy hat. Just yeah. pecking it, you know, stealing your gun out of your holster every time you bend down. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, skin an animal. there's the uh, the online. I mean, there's there's nothing against them eventually adding a patch where you can uh, have your, not fursona, feathersona. My feathersona, yeah. yeah. Because I've got to say, you know, Mario, Master Chief. Yeah. Link. Yeah. The goose. The horrible goose. Yeah. Let's put him up there in the grand video game pantheon yeah. because he's uh, uh instantly just a classic character in my opinion let's yeah, put him in um smash brothers smash brothers yeah yeah, yeah why not dedicated honk yeah, yeah. that's all yeah but that's all you need he's slow yeah can't jump yeah but it's pretty great so yeah, uh yeah i definitely recommend that uh check that out on your switch i would like to play Link's awakening at some point but uh the goose, the goose has it. I yeah. went on a wild goose chase, and uh, I loved it. Yeah. I, as you said, I have been playing Red Dead while I've been sick. I had about seven months off the game and went, no, no, I need to come back and actually finish the finish it. I finished it yesterday. And, like, that's how I know that I've been sick for so long because I'm just, like, so 
mentally run down that I opened up the game on Friday or Saturday morning and I got really emotional because it just looked so fucking good. Your cowboy just laid on the ground listlessly and the horse had to piggyback it. Yeah, it was just like, oh, look at the trees. Look at the light. Oh, it's so beautiful. This this is related to the fact that I thought, oh, I'll just chuck the original Red Dead Redemption in and just have a have a play of that. And it, like, pixels the size of my fucking fist. You saw the graphic. You saw, the, like, the canyon and just vomited. Yeah. It's just hideous. Basically. So I was like, because obviously Red Dead 2 is a prequel. And I'm like, oh, I'd really like to go back to the other one and, like, continue the story. But I really don't think I can. No. It's like it's like going from a Ferrari to a Barina. You don't want to make your eyes sick. I know. As well. I know. It's so sad. Why is everything by, so bad? By the hideous visual vomit that is Red Dead Redemption. I know. And you can't even, like, buy different horses in the original Red Dead. What's yeah. with that? You have to, like, steal people's horses and stuff. Ugh, fuck. It's rough. <sighs> and those horses don't have their own stats. They're just a horse. Ugh. I was going to say, speaking Primitive of, bullshit. of uh, white people problems, let's talk about Downton Abbey, but I do want to just mention <laughs> while we're talking about random things that we interacted with yeah. uh, before the movie is that I, after someone at school showed me a video clip, which was one second of every episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, the yeah. uh, very popular long-running anime series that uh, from, uh, I think, 2012, but it's adapting the 80s. Yeah. Manga. Uh, I've been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm about 40-odd episodes in. I'm just up to the Egypt leg of Stardust Crusaders. And I don't know how many of our listeners are into anime. It's not something that I've watched a hell of a lot of. I've watched the odd series. Like, I love to kill the kill. Uh, Space Dandy. Yeah, Space Dandy was really awesome. But um, I'm, like, I, I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a kind of ironic, funny... A uh, bit of weird pop culture eccentric mm. nonsense, but uh, by the time I'm now into this one, I'm thoroughly fucking enjoying it, and really genuinely impressed at the huge amount of um, creativity and and the amount of ideas that go into mm. individual episodes. I sort of say like kudos to Japan and that culture of taking the work of an artist and writer and adapting it faithfully and having like the trust in them to put the resources behind like making hundreds of episodes of a cartoon about it like when does that happen in the west where you've got a writer and artist that has basically like you're watching this show and there's just idea after idea and you're like this is all coming from this one dude and like all these designs and everything yeah and um, do you know anything about the show not really i've seen bits of it but i don't like conceptually not really know yeah it's about um different generations of there's always someone called jojo um of joseph joestar or jonathan joestar or whatever this is currently the third joseph that i'm on oh his name's jotaro and uh yeah now they've introduced this thing where they're stand users where they've each got like a kind of spirit character that comes out of them and fights for them at first it sounds like a kind of simple thing but then it just goes so wacky like there's so many incarnations of that like, one of them is a... The user is an orangutan, and his stand is an entire ship. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're on a ship, which is actually the orangutan spirit thing that's attacking them. Okay. Yeah, it's bonkers. But uh, I fucking love it, and the designs are crazy. And uh, some of the most hideous slash fabulous hairstyles you will ever see uh-huh. in a show. 
um, there's a guy that's got like like a five foot flat top with a mullet back, mm-hmm. and it's great. And a doll just fell on the microphone. Yeah. And um, the, that doll was so enthralled by. Just fell asleep. Yeah. Just to me recap just, JoJo's bizarre adventure. And then JoJo did this. All right, you fuck off. And I then, like it. And then someone out there will like it as well. And then and JoJo turned up, and she had a really big bow. It's a he. And, and then, then they're <laughs> gonna um they're gonna talk to me about this, and they're gonna recommend me other anime series. I'd quite like to watch My Hero Academia. Uh, maybe after this, I'll give that a shot. So yeah, you can, look don't. Don't be dissuaded by Jacinta bullying about the whole anime thing. I, I think. like anime. I just just that doll didn't. That's true. I like it. I'm not. I'm she, not was, she was not into it. I'm not judging the anime. I'm just commenting on what actually just happened. You think it was the this, doll? Like, do you think it could be a haunted doll? It could be an Annabelle sort of situation. It, it did just arrive from uh, China. Yeah. And um, it does have demon eyes. So uh, it's got a yokai. Yeah, it's. It might be a. Uh, a stand. Yeah. Or a, there was a um, stand, uh, a spirit, a stand user that was a baby. Okay. So they couldn't hurt it. Yeah. So the guy changed his um, diaper. Yeah. And you could see the little baby Willie in this big log. This and it was black, and there was actual steam coming out of it. Yeah. And he got a spoon, and he cut off a little bit off the end and put it in the baby's food to punish him for trying to kill them. Okay. Yeah. So if that doesn't sell it, I ain't got nothing for you. Should we review some movies? Sure. Okay. And funnily, because that same trick happens in Downton Abbey about 15 <laughs> minutes in. When, oh, When Carson, Carson changes uh, Branson. <laughs> and cuts off a bit with the spoon. Um, Dirty no. Republicans. So we finally... Your most anticipated movie yep. of the year. Uh, yep. It is the movie event of the year. Yes, as, it is. As we've been reliably told. Yeah. It's very much the most British movie of the year. You will not find a person of colour in this film, I don't believe. Uh, no. Not even in, in no. the background in the village or anything? Don't think so, no. No, this is very much a movie about rich white people. Yeah, trying to justify their rich white way of life. And coming to the conclusion that, uh, yeah, oh, we're, fine. we're pretty cool with this. <laughs> Obviously, got to be careful about non-spoiler talk, but there was definitely a couple of moments in there where the storyline sort of a modern sensibility would go, oh, I know what's happening here. Hmm. Yeah. You need to very much extract yourself from this toxic situation. Yeah. And then the sort of, when this storyline gets resolved, it's like, I'm going to double down on this toxic situation <laughs> yeah. for England. Yeah, let's really put some work in this toxic situation <laughs> and just make the best of this toxic situation. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to reveal much for you to know exactly oh, what it I was, was talking about uh, in look, that instance. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, was, it was not uh, not a difficult one, but uh, yeah. Uh, look, I think it's impossible to be objective uh, with this film. Because uh, no, we're fans. Yeah, yeah. I I watched most of the last couple of seasons before watching the film, so I was very fresh, uh, fresh off that last episode and where everybody kind of was. But I don't really think you need to be. I think no, I didn't refresh, and I, yeah. I, I, I like I, I couldn't have told you where everyone was when I before it started. Yeah, but, but as soon as it starts, you I went, go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah, 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 great, yeah. done, tick, 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 yeah, a tick, tick, yeah. So look, objectively. I would probably say it's not a great movie, 
but I loved it. Well, it's like, for fans, isn't it? The, the question isn't whether it's going to convert someone new, because yeah. I, I don't think... Um, I, I, I think that's folly, really, yeah. to go... Whether or not you, you understand it or not. Yeah. I, I think at most you're going to go, oh, that was pleasant and there mm. were some nice performances etc. I think I was I was quite shocked uh, looking on Letterboxd, the amount of people that were like, I've never watched Downton Abbey but I watched this movie and I didn't think it was good. It's like, yeah, no, fuck, no, why, they, yeah. why, why bother? Like, so no, we definitely have to preach the converted. So really yeah. the question of this is for the fans yeah. does it live up to it? Is it what you expect from a Downton movie? Yeah, I think I had some expectations. There were things that I kind of expected to see, but almost hoping that I wasn't. I thought for a movie event that perhaps they were going to drag in more cameos and stuff like that. And I think the only cameo in the whole fucking movie is Mark Addy as a shopkeeper. So that was actually kind of good that they didn't go, oh, we're going to sex in the city at or entourage movie it and have like famous yeah. people around every corner. But I think, I mean, it, uh, look, it, it's tough. Does it feel like a movie event? Not really. Does it feel like an extra long episode of the show? Yeah. And I'm happy with that. Yeah, I I mean, it does feel like a, a movie in a way. It is long, but I didn't, I, not that I'm complaining. No, it didn't, it didn't feel, feel long. long no. But it is, it's about nearly two and a half hours, I think. Um, so it has a lot of different you know it's like watching a condensed season isn't it yeah in a way yeah but because the, there are ebbs and flows within it. It, it it doesn't have that structure of a central problem and then the rest well yeah but the thing is watching the last season again i realized how quickly things move like in the last couple of episodes like i know that like i knew that barrow left and came back but i thought he was he would be gone for like a couple of episodes it all happens in one episode yeah he leaves and comes back in the one episode and there's all this other stuff that happens around that that becomes a real big part of downton abbey though is characters saying oh i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave and they're not leaving yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was expecting you go, well, there's got to be a conflict. So what's going to be the major issue in this movie and how are they going to make that issue movie size? Yeah. And there were frequent times within the movie where I thought, oh, this is going to be it. And then imagined um, the situation snowballing out of control yeah. and then was surprised to find that it was really just a little... Uh, speed bump in the story, and then that was smoothed over quite quickly. Yeah, which and did the, which did stand out because that one that you were talking about, it's something that happens with Branson. Yeah, we were talking about this in the car before. It, it seems like that would be a really fucking good thing. Yeah, because that's like a whole like it's a huge character thing for him. That would be something that would involve because I feel like there is a downstairs conflict that the downstairs yeah. staff have to deal with but there's like not really anything of substance for the upstairs guys to do and that would have been perfect. Yeah so it's more it's quite a gentle movie a surprisingly yeah. gentle movie considering the series has had Lord Grantham vomiting blood on the table and Mary going to bed with people she shouldn't have and them dying and all those kinds of Yeah intrigue. and like potential murders and yeah. poisonings and all sorts of stuff. A rape. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is just a series of little problems that get resolved quite quickly. And yeah. really, it's it's more of a, like, a victory lap. Yeah. It's about a royal visit, and there's a sort of um, upping of stakes and scale because of the royal mm. nature of the royal visit. But um, no major 
conflicts. But that that was kind of good in a way because there were times where I... It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like there were... The conflicts that happened felt... Uh, you know, mostly natural. There was a, there was a couple. I've seen. I saw it uh, twice. I saw it again yesterday, and there was a couple of sort of story threads that seemed a bit uh, on the nose the second time. Yeah, for for the most part, I, I think most of it felt relatively organic. Uh, but I actually found that quite pleasant. Yeah. While going through it, only because um, it is a pretty chill movie, and I think there's always a frustration when um, something that is a TV series is made into a movie and you, it really has to adhere to this strict three-act yeah. structure and it's usually first act, oh, let's have fun getting to know all these characters and doing fun things and then the third, you know, then the second act is all these problems that come in and then second nobody's act, having fun. And yeah, everyone. friendships are broken and then we have yeah. to bend the, yeah. So that idea of a character sort of potentially being framed for something, which is what I thought was going to happen... When things like that happen in movies, the beats become very familiar because the audience knows the truth and the character knows the truth, but nobody believes them. And then they have to go through that whole being ostracized and then the whole, oh, finally someone's like, oh, we were wrong. We're so sorry. And the fact that it avoided falling into those familiar tropes. It felt like, because like the the family has sort of been through so much together to the point where if, if... this character was accused of that everyone would just go no he wouldn't do that the end yeah you know and that's that's why i almost feel like that whole plot point was a bit unnecessary like i don't feel like it added to a lot of the story other other than just going he's a bit different isn't he yeah you know that, that that's that's a particular thing that really stood out to me the second time i thought yeah but i i think the my feeling, and I, I don't know what the truth is, and maybe it's about seeing how this movie goes financially first and, and response-wise, but I felt there was quite a bit of setup for a potential new series. Yeah. A new series where the status quo might be a little bit different, where there might be a mix of old and new characters. But I, I thought it left in a place which... Yeah, like enables a new, slightly re-vi- re-envisioned... Yeah downton abbey it didn't feel like the a, a, a final thing at all and in fact i think the word that la, very last scene specifically states that it's not a final thing yeah yeah so yeah. i i mean oh, when obviously we'd theorized when downton abbey finished if they were going to bring it back how would they do it and it felt like perhaps that they would do the next generation with the kids and have the sort of world war Two thing mm. but this I guess it kind of pitches it to pick up a little bit sooner. Yeah, like it could just pick up and continue and things would be slightly different. Um, And, you know, there might be some cast shifts. But apart from that, yeah, I think they've got a way to go forward that would um, enable some freedom and some new blood and, and a new way to maybe look at it. Yeah, and I think there is there is still so much to mine because essentially the the real life Downton Abbey and the family that lives there, like they are the Crawleys basically and they've survived all of that stuff for the last hundred years. So obviously there is content on the the value and the place of the aristocracy and the place of the monarchy and all of that kind of stuff to still explore. Because the thing with Downton Abbey, as much as it is white people problems, white rich people problems, they do 
challenge those ideas. There are characters that are like, well, why or why do we do it like that? Or why mm. is it like this? It's not a blanket, this is great and this is the way it is. Not until the third act. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when everyone realises that, oh, yeah. Having money is great. Yeah. <laughs> Being a Let's rich. have a massive ball. <laughs> Being a rich <laughs> British person is great. Let me just get the binoculars. Is that my child over there? <laughs> mm, could be. <laughs> Hey, poor husband, do you ever want to leave this massive house? <laughs> Fuck no. I've never seen my children up close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not going to appeal to everyone. I think maybe that's why they didn't have lots of cameos, because uh, a lot of uh, successful celebrities and actors are, are quite diverse. <laughs> and perhaps wouldn't perhaps. fit into the, the Downton mould. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it appeals to a very specific audience member. It's certainly... I was 90 years younger than anyone in the cinema when yeah, I saw it. I was probably quite a bit younger. Um, the first audience was much more jovial. They were laughing at all of the gags. There was a couple of, uh, of uh, pretty nifty character-based gags. Second lot, not quite so much, but there was a couple of, uh, a couple of jokes that landed very hard on both 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 sessions, I think it's safe to say that uh, Mr. Molesley is the MVP of this film. Yeah, comedy MVP. Yeah, and I, I would say, as a light criticism, I think that Mary was a bit neutered. Oh. She, she wasn't she wasn't really at her full Mary power, I no, felt. I'm a big Mary fan. I love Mary. Um, I think that, in some ways, Mary was more empowered than she's ever been, yeah. which... Um, so there was definitely development for Mary. Oh, absolutely! I but feel she I feel wasn't like... as scathing. Like she, no. she didn't get to like verbally um, bitch, the shit out of bitch Edith. slap Edith, which I always <laughs> love. Yeah. But uh, maybe there's a lot of potential for that in the future. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, I'm sure there's sort of the implication that she's been with Henry for a while now, and he's a nice man. And perhaps Mary has become nice. No, I, spending I, yeah. time with Henry, which would be a shame because Mary was happen. like queen bitch and I loved it. I think there's a line that suggests that she will be the queen bitch of the future. <laughs> She's been given the reins yeah. of the queen bitch mobile. And um, I loved Mary's hair. Really loved her hair. I loved the back of her hair. I was like, I wasn't expecting it to be all like boy cut in at the back under the bob. Yeah, I just... I think the end, the way she wears it at the end of the series is like... I don't it, remember. It was much more angular and dramatic, and yeah. I feel like that's what... I mean, a couple of years have passed, and perhaps Mary has moved past that shock value, but I liked the series. Such a, gay, series such a great uh, British ice queen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's well, great. Um, yeah, no, that was it, was... it was very enjoyable. I would love for them to... I, I think it would be unrealistic in terms of... Uh, cast management but i would love them just to do like a netflix christmas special every year oh i i think i, I would say, love let's that. just do the fucking series i think it'll happen yeah i i, I think it's not going to go away i think it's too big a thing it's an institution and even if julian fellows is like dragging his feet i don't think it means that it'll disappear forever because yeah. we've heard george lucas be like oh there's no gonna be no be no more star wars and there's gonna be no more harry potter and there won't be any more lord of the rings things and all yeah. that sort of stuff and it always comes back where yeah. there's money and an enthusiastic audience it will always always come back yeah, like yeah. you just you know there's always gonna be doctor who there's there's just yeah. certain things which are british institutions and it's not and like you know the cast of that busy and while it was and is so um of an era and um, non-diverse and all those sorts of things. It's amazingly had this kind of cross appeal. Yeah. Like the fact that um, 
And I don't know. And I know part of it's the sort of almost twee novelty value of it, but the fact that there are Americans that are invested in it, you know, it's got this appeal. So it's because uh, the, the characters are so fucking great. The characters are really, really good. It's fun. I, I just felt pretty fucking punk rock too because we didn't get to see it together because yeah. of schedule alignments and, yeah. and things. I ended up seeing it at the cinema across the road by myself on opening night. Like just a cool guy. Single young-ish male. <laughs> Young. <laughs> Relatively Well, speaking. Com- compared to the people yeah. in the cinema. Yeah. And, and I can do like 10 years under what I, what I am. Uh-huh. Um, it's like sitting there going, I am showing up for the fucking Downton Abbey yeah. premiere. I felt pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I was worried that um, you know a bunch of old people are going to be talky talky talky. Yeah, and it was funny because the the old older ladies behind me did start talking. Oh, this was funny because um, it's it was Art House Cinema. Yeah, it was the Windsor, which is owned by uh, the Luna. Yeah, and um, rather than that sort of, you go to a mainstream cinema, you get the Telstra, which is for our American listeners, Australia's biggest telephone provider. Yeah. You get the um, you know. Movies are magical and everything, and we connect everybody, and we're an awesome company, but you won't need your phone here. Please turn the phone off. Yeah. Whereas the art house cinema gives you a montage of people from classic movies going, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut your mouth, shut up, shut up, mm. just shut up. And then it says, please be quiet. And then the movie's about to start. And the one the woman behind me leans to the other one and goes, that's so clever. You know what that means? That means turn off your phone. <laughs> And I was thinking, no, it literally means shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, so they do a little bit of talking at the beginning. They start to... And things that don't enhance my experience at all. Like, I'm, I want to be absorbed in that world. I don't need a lady behind me going, oh, that car reminds me of Thomas the Tank Engine. And then them laughing. <gasps> so it was that sort of oh. thing where you go, oh, great. So glad that uh, you got that off your chest. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's probably more important than anything that's being said by any of the characters. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's dwell on that for a bit. Yep. But then suddenly she said something to the her friend. This is about 15 minutes in, just before I was getting pretty uh, ready to turn around and say something. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to the toilet. She got up and then she just moved into the front middle of the front block and sat by herself. And then her friend didn't go and join her. So they were just separated for the Ooh. rest of the movie. No idea why, but it worked out great for me. Yeah, right. Because we're still in a... Even today when we saw Good Boys, there was a woman that um, was on her phone every 15 minutes. She was on Google Maps. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Like, and, and like... Maybe she enhance, was... Enhance, 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 looking at a bit of forest. Oh. Maybe she was, like, Googling the path the boys were taking. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think that's really odd. I think yeah. if you can't stuff your phone for an hour and a half, two and a half hours, whatever it is... You've got other options. Like, I just don't yeah. think the cinema is for you. I think you can watch things at home on a streaming service. Yeah. Like, and you can use your phone as much as you want. But um, I always think that's weird when people are willing to bring their phone out, bring a bright light into a dark cinema, which is going to be in everyone's field of view. You can see what the person is looking at on yeah. their phone. Um, half the time you can read their messages and things, and you just think, often, actually, I should just, like, look at their social media and go... Okay, I'm going to get on that later on and send them a message. Yeah. And say, ha, ah, put your fucking phone away. You fuckwit. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I've had some bad cinema experiences lately. I, and I guess that's the problem is you realise it's just a... 
like that's the way it's going and you're the minority by expecting people to have any sort of etiquette we had a mm. bunch of kids sitting behind us during it yeah. a bunch of teenagers and they were really obnoxious and um one of them was just saying the dumbest loud jokes at everything yeah. it's crazy it's like just yeah well someone's got to teach them to act like Grown-ups. Yeah, and like if you want to all like hang out and talk and make jokes at a movie and stuff, great. Do it at someone's house. Yeah. We've got like a fucking family with a huge couch and a massive plasma. Get the fucking surround sound going. Have your snacks, sit around with all your friends and just have fun. But like, don't do it behind me. Mm. Grumpy old man. <laughs> uh, is that all we so we both gave Downton Abbey uh, what did we give it like a four I gave it a four, four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think there are there are things that I would have probably changed but they did not impact my enjoyment no. of the film it's an enjoyable film for fans really. yeah and I think you know what all I wanted at the end of the series is that everyone was in a happy place and that everyone at the end of the movie was in a pretty happy place and I think they were especially yeah. my favourites yeah 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 good on you Julian Fellows, what a fine fellows you are. All right, good boys. This is the uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg produced, yeah. not writers or directors or anything, yeah. movie starring Jacob Tremblay, the boy from Room and Wonder, and a couple of other kids. They, they sort of felt to me like a child Rogen, Franco, and Craig Robertson. Yeah, yeah, um, that's very fair. As tweens... Who uh, want to go to a kissing party yeah. and um, get into some misadventures and swear a lot and handle a lot of sex toys. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because it's that super bad sort of mould where... And then you had... Um, I was the one earlier this year that's really good with the girls. That's like super bad, but it's girls. I don't know. Oh, fuck. That's killing me. It's like one of the best movies of... Not Booksmart. Yeah, Booksmart. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, you have this, which is like super bad. If they were little kids. Yeah. I thought it was enjoyable. Like, I was entertained. I enjoyed watching it, but uh, didn't laugh out loud much at all. And um, I don't think it's a rush to the cinema to say you'd be just as happy to have watched this on Netflix or something. But um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. Like, I like it as a cultural artifact because it's this coming-of-age boys, boys growing up, boys' masculinity, boys being interested in girls, boys, etc. But at the same time, the messaging is actually quite positive, like in mm. terms of the way of what you can and can't do or say about women, even attitudes to... Well, attitudes to a lot of things in there, really. But I, I wonder if also that... Not that I would prefer it any other way, but... Isn't that almost like a kind of um, hard to have your cake and eat it too kind of thing? Because it's it's following that sort of mould of the outrageous, gross-out mm-hmm. comedy. But at the same time, it's um, quite commendably socially aware. Yeah, but I think you could do gross-out comedy while being socially aware, and so- while also being good. Because Bad Neighbours 2 did that. Yeah, and um, it doesn't have that sort of energy of i think they're like the really good comedy stuff the things that might really make me laugh are a situation that really snowballs out of control like yeah. game night i, I think yeah. was so good because the stakes just keep rising and rising and this attempts to do that but it just seems to be on a much smaller scale yeah the, you know the, there's a one outlandish bit of unexpected slapstick that had us both laugh yeah i laughed once 
Um, in but, the movie. Yeah, but not a lot of others. Uh, yeah, it was a long hour. No, I didn't half. laugh a lot. No, so I didn't feel the length. Like, and I, I didn't laugh much, but I, I was enjoying it. Like, I, I was entertained. I like the kids, and I like the um, feeling behind it. Yeah. I, I thought the kids did a really good job. But, unfortunately, it was a uh, tedious journey to a, a good message. Like, I, I think the message is, messaging is very good, but, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough. Like, they should be commended for, you know, having good attitudes towards women and the other topics that they sort of um, discuss here. But also, that should be normal. Yeah, and there's still some um, stereotypes and things in there, yeah. which I find... Um like the anti-bullying squad, yeah, yeah. Um, who are still sort of shown as a kind of lesser than... Nerdy uh, D&D kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still think is a stereotype. But, it is. And that, and surely um, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen should know better than that. Yeah. That, that idea of, I mean, obviously never been to an American high school, I've only seen them on movies, but that idea of those such clear factions yeah. and um, the stereotypes within them is... Uh, I'm surprised that... It's taking so long to get out of that, or yeah. you know, you often have characters kind of realizing in the movies, oh, okay, maybe this isn't such an important thing. But mm. then you go, well, why am I seeing it in the next movie, in the next movie, in the next movie? Yeah, you know, I, uh, oh, I, how do we break from that? I've got a workmate from uh, from Texas, and I asked her one day, does all does all that stuff really happen? And she was like, yes. And I was like, no, it can't. Like, you know, all the school shutting down for the football game and the homecoming. And she's like, yes, all of that stuff happens. That is normal. And I'm like, oh, that's gross and bad. The thing that puts me off the most, and um, I, I had to remind myself to be like, it didn't happen in this movie, um, but I had to remind myself to, let's not just go with what movie's say and let's look it up. Uh, is this increased naturalization of scenes in high schools where the kids are going through metal detectors with security guards because yeah. um, that happened in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, it happens in Dora the Explorer. And, yeah, you just, like, that's really sad that that's treated as a thing that just happens. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that happening here uh-uh. and how fucking depressing that is that a kid going into it. And, like, thinking of my own school days, that idea of, yeah, feeling like a kid might have a weapon or be a killer or yeah. something is, is just nuts. But um, it is a very small percentage of schools when you look at the actual stats but um the fact that it's becoming more sort of pervasive in pop culture i would think means that it's a trend that's expanding yeah and you wonder how many um you think the cost of that as well of the school having to imply uh, employ private security to Mm. stand there every day scanning the kids through i imagine a lot of schools can't afford it either so who knows but uh, i reckon that's fucked um yeah but I, i i had fun enough with it it was a pleasant sunday morning on a day when we didn't have bigger as expectations or aspirations for our film yeah. we were either going to see this or rambo which um i'm sure would have some great shock gore sort of stuff but <laughs> yeah. sounds like it's just a train wreck and you can watch it later um or ad astra which by all accounts is uh quite good felt a bit heavy for a sunday morning yeah it did yeah yeah daddy issues uh do we need them no, I'd give it. I don't. I don't know. I'd give it like a two. I didn't really have a less than average. Less than average. Like it was okay, but I. For and I know comedy is subjective, but I just didn't get very much out of the comedy aspect of this film personally. No, I'd give it a three, three and a half. Oh Jesus! Okay. Yeah, like 
three and a half is my like yeah you know I was I, I was there I was enjoying it but uh, but probably a three I think it's like better than average because I just I mean there's a lot of shit out there I, I don't think there's any like sort of plotting or dialogue pieces or performances or anything in there I'm sort of going oh this isn't working yeah. like I, I think it all works I think it's all um, doing what they're intending to do I just don't think it's a massively ambitious yeah. project and it doesn't have the um, crazy comedy stakes that you know it, it, it's a gentler than I perhaps expected mm. which for a movie that's being marketed as it's all swearing racy and, yeah. yeah but they I mean they are really good boys yep yeah it's not ironic it's not about a bunch of shit bags it's about three pretty good kids mm. that uh, gotta do a thing so I saw It Chapter 2 with Paris and Zach, uh-huh. which was awesome that I was able to share that with them. Um, that was one of my more anticipated, just because I really did love that first It. It was a pleasant surprise. It's no secret for everybody who's sort of been saying that it's not as good as the first, and I definitely agree with that. haven't heard a lot of um, really articulate ways in why it's not as good as the first. I, for me personally, it was that... Yeah, the adults just don't have that same kind of urgency or drive as the kids. It just lacked that momentum. Like, the kids always work really well when they're in groups and they're bantering and um, slinging off each other. And I think something interesting is about being a kid as well is your lack of agency. And I love that idea that although you're experiencing some really fucked up, weird, supernatural shit you still are not in control of your day-to-day activities. You still have to go to school and you have to do what your parents say and you suddenly are plucked out to do this or that and um, you're also dealing with all the, like, pangs of growing up and all those difficulties. So there's a lot of layers there. But as an adult with free agency, they just seem to drift around a bit. Like, it didn't seem... um, And plus, they get separated a fair bit as well because... What little plot there is is about them having to find a token from their childhood to um, something that triggers memories of things that they may have forgotten to to try and find a way to defeat it. So, yeah, it lacked the urgency and the momentum and the drive for me. And I think when you sort of boil down what happens in it, it's it's pretty simple and um, not a lot of energy to it. So I think every time Pennywise is on screen, it's pretty great. Mm. And um, I love all the horror elements. I mean, it is very, like, sort of shiny. Everything's computer-generated rather than a lot of makeup and practical stuff. And I don't want to glorify or nostalgify practical things. I mean, if you go and watch the original It, it's pretty shitty-looking. And I'm not saying one technique's better than the other because, I mean, I watched that recently child's play and he's an animatronic right. effect and uh, I wasn't scared of that fucker at all kicking down the, kicking down the stairs but um, I think it's more that realisation that it's too aware that there's nothing really there yeah. you know and, and that takes it out a bit but the Pennywise performance is great um, and they do change the ending and there's a lot made about the fact that Stephen King can't write endings mm-hmm. there's a sort of bit of a tongue-in-cheek, on-the-nose thing with James James McAvoy's character, who's a writer, where they're like, the ending's crap, you need to do better than this. And and then Stephen King himself appears as a bike salesman, and he's like, oh, you don't stick the endings, James McAvoy. 
Oh. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're a piece of shit, Stephen King, who can't write endings, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But uh, still glad I saw it. And um, I think, you know, overall, when you add the two parts up, uh, it's a it's a triumph. But, um, yeah, not as good as the first. And then I saw Midsummer, which is the new film by the director of Hereditary. It stars Florence Pugh. And about uh, some Americans going to a festival, a midsummer festival where some uh, weird stuff happens. This is also a quite a long movie, about two and a half hours. Yeah. Relatively slow build. But when things start to happen, um, they are quite effective. And, and, it, and it's really about flashes of um, quite realistic confronting violence that... Uh, really kind of stick with you and it is an unsettling movie and I I think overall it was quite a successful one I did enjoy it I was gripped by it yeah I thought that was quite good so I recommend Midsummer for anyone who likes that sort of thing I think obviously the least the less you know about it the better but um just it's a movie about ratcheting tension in a environment and a surrounding and even a lighting condition because it's like sunny all the time um that's very different for horror and, and yeah, still really unsettling and interesting. A uh, good set of bad guys in it, I think, because they're, um, you know, very much uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. So, yeah, good stuff. Hooray for movies. Movies are mostly good. You know, <laughs> like a story. Yeah. Like when a lot of people get together and spend a lot of money to pretend to be things. Yep. In places where they're not really. Yep. Yeah. That's how movies work. If you get nothing else from this podcast in 296 episodes, uh, now you know what a movie is. <laughs> Hooray. I think that's it. Yeah. And that's it? We're done? Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, awesome to have you on board. Uh, sorry about the sporadic schedule of the show, but it's been a sporadic movie release time anyway, and it's better to sort of come together less often and have more to talk about than the other way around. Um, we won't have a show. It'll be next two weeks because I'm going to Sydney and mm-hmm. then to Canberra uh, for a week and a bit. I'm going to go see Hayley Atwell and meet her next Saturday. So I will report back on uh, our wonderful friendship that will form. I'm having the ultimate Hayley Atwell experience, which... Um, I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a Lost in Translation sort of deal uh-huh. where I'll be ScarJo, obviously. Yeah. And uh, if she does whisper any advice at the end of the weekend and won't be sharing, I won't be divulging that. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping karaoke, that sort of stuff. See what happens, but I, I will let you know. Yeah, and I guess by the time we come back, there'll be things like Joker and all sorts of stuff to talk about. So, uh Look in forward to that. In the meantime, go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything we're doing. You'll find links to dungeonsanddrongos.com. There are two episodes of Dungeons and Drongos that have been recorded, so they'll be coming out uh, very soon. Um, I don't think there'll be a break in the release of Dungeons and Drongos with my trip because we planned ahead, possibly a week, but I don't know. And you'll find links to our Facebook discussion page. Always good to hear from you there and all the other stuff. Also, um, I recorded an episode of uh, Chris Bratton, who did uh, More Gooder Than, um, his new podcast. Uh, and, in fact, all of the Dungeons & Drongos crew uh, will be appearing on that at some point. 
and um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'll share more information about that uh, as it comes up and that'll be on the Facebook discussion page if you want to find out. So uh, podcast is called Like to Like Things. So um, maybe have a search for that and uh, get all your relevant bookmarks ready for when that drops. It was a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Sounded yeah. all quite professional for a while there. It is an amount of things. There yes. are things there. If you want to hear more of my voice, you got options, people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whew. I know. Well, you look, you, you, you do well enough to... To have it every couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that's that's my allotted amount for fills, the for the month. Fills you up, fills up the bar. Yeah, don't don't say that you fill me up. Wow. <laughs> Tinkly tongue, folks.